Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Gerald Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me for the podcast. Hey, thank you for all of you that have bought the leadership curriculum. I keep hearing uh, stories about how that curriculum is just helping so many ministers and so many ministries and uh, Bible schools around the world. That curriculum is in English. We also have it in Spanish. So all of you that have bought it, thank you for utilizing it because uh, if you don't teach leadership, you don't uh, raise up leaders, you don't get what you don't teach. And so a lot of people have a struggle with leadership and they say, I don't have any leaders. And I ask them when they teach on leadership and they just sort of look at me. And that's the answer. You can't reap what you don't sow. So this curriculum is a chance for uh, a leader to begin to sow and to invest in leadership and begin to see leaders uh, begin to respond and be raised up in their organization. Hey, I want to remind you that uh, there's some events going on. In fact, tomorrow I'm going to be in St. Louis, Missouri area. You can go to my webpage and be doing a roundtable. We'd love to have you there. And on March uh, March 24th, I'll be in uh, Clarksville, Tennessee, just uh, north of Nashville. And I just want to encourage you, all of you that are around Kentucky, Tennessee, uh, this is a great opportunity for you to come and to be a part. And then on April the 7th, Rancho Cucamonga, one of my favorite places to go. And then on May 10th in Atlanta, Georgia. And so all of these are roundtables. They're gold. Uh, I'm just telling you the material is is valuable. It really, really is significant. I want to invite you to come. You can go to my webpage and sign up. Today, I want to talk to you about the forgotten key of leadership. The forgotten key of leadership. The forgotten key of leadership. One truth that is often overlooked is that good leaders are prepared. See, many times we look at leaders and we see them in the moment and we think, man, they're just instinctive. But many times what we feel are instinctive and intuitive leaders are just leaders who are good at preparing. See, if you prepare and you prepare well, then what looks supernatural to some is just going to be natural to you. So let me just give you some thoughts. Leaders prepare when others play. That's just so true. If you watch leaders, they are always preparing. They know that at a split second, they're going to have to go from one mode to a next mode. They're going to have to go from one gear to the next gear. So what they do is they find time to prepare. And usually that time to prepare is when other people are just playing in life. But as a leader, what we know is leadership doesn't happen by accident. Someone doesn't happen into the moment and accidentally become a leader. Leadership is because someone prepared themselves long before the moment happened. So leaders prepare while others play. Uh, Another thought, leaders know that if you're not over-prepared, you're under-prepared. So a leader's just not going to prepare a little bit. A leader is going to prepare a lot because when you're over-prepared, you're prepared for most everything. 
But if you're not overprepared, you're usually underprepared for whatever's going to happen next. And so leaders know that if they're not overprepared, they're always preparing. They're always saying, hey, I'm going to do the things that I know to do. And I'm going to do those things at a level that would exceed what most people do. Because if I'm overprepared, I'm going to find myself being able to handle most everything. Uh, leaders prepare so other people can succeed. Leaders prepare so that other people can succeed. And again, this hits at the value that I believe leadership is. And that is when you become a leader, you lose the right to think about yourself. That leadership isn't about me, it's about we. And so as a result of that, leaders prepare so that others can succeed. They prepare so that others can do well. See, if I handle my stuff, it positions other people to handle their stuff. In most organization, it is the organizational leader who is the bottleneck to most other people succeeding. And so when I'm prepared, I quit being an organizational leader and I become a functional leader. And as a functional leader, what happens is I position by my preparation, other people can succeed around me. Leaders realize preparation is the answer to tomorrow's problems. So leaders realize if I prepare today, my preparation is going to answer tomorrow's problems. I don't know what tomorrow's problems are going to be, but I do know tomorrow is going to have problems. But what I also know is if I prepare today, I will be able to handle the problems that come my way tomorrow. So leaders prepare while others play. Leaders know if you're overprepared. Uh, if you're not overprepared, then you're underprepared. Leaders prepare so others can succeed. And leaders realize today's preparation is the answer to tomorrow's problems. And leaders know preparation puts you in a position to win. Preparation puts you in a position to win. What we realize in sports is this, is that if we are in a place where we are winning and we are in a place to win, it is because we are prepared. And so leaders know preparation puts you in a position to win. And leaders know it's preparation that creates excellence. So when someone says, I love excellence, then they should love preparation. So let me give you a quick overview. When we prepare ourselves, it gives us skills. So when I spend and I invest preparation through the study I do, through the reading I do, through the podcast that I listen to, to the meetings that I go to, putting myself in rooms to succeed, when I prepare myself, it gives me skills. But when God prepares us, it gives us wisdom. So skills function in the day-to-day. Wisdom helps me function beyond today. So I want to prepare, but I want to prepare myself so that I have skills, but then I want God to prepare me so that I have wisdom. But then when life prepares me, I have compassion.
I want you to get those three. When I prepare myself, what happens is I develop skills. I get better at what I do. I get better at study to show yourself approved, a workman of God that needeth not be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. I get better at what I do. I develop skills. But then God's going to prepare me. So through sequences of, of, of experiences in life and positions in life and events in life, what's going to happen is God's going to prepare me. And when God prepares me, it gives me wisdom. So I have skills for today, but I have wisdom to navigate. But then when life prepares me, when I just go through stuff in life, it creates compassion. And what I found is a well-prepared leader has three things. They have skills, they have wisdom, and they have compassion. They have skills that they've prepared themselves for. They have wisdom that God's provided for, and they have compassion that life has prepared them for. So I want you to get it because it's not enough to have skills if you don't have wisdom. And it's not enough to have skills and wisdom if you don't have compassion. And right now in this world, we're seeing people who may have skills and they have wisdom, but they don't have compassion. And Jesus just made it very, very clear that love is the motivating factor behind all service and leadership with Christian values. So when we begin to look at preparation, we need skills, we need wisdom, we need compassion. So let's take it a step further. We prepare so we are spiritually fresh. This gives us passion. So we prepare so we're spiritually fresh. This gives us passion. Every day, I want to prepare myself in the presence of God. And the reason I want to prepare myself in the presence of God is I need passion. And in Romans chapter 12 and verse 11, it talks about being fervent. It talks about being on fire. It talks about being consumed with passion. See, a person with skills is one thing, but a person who has passion and skills is a totally different thing. And there's a lot of people who know how to do something, but they can't do anything because they lack the passion, the natural passion that comes from being in the presence of God. And so what I want to do is I want to prepare spiritually so that I stay fresh and I have a vibrant passion, that I'm on fire, that I'm enthused with God, that God's in me lighting a fire in my life. It's the old statement. You know, if you're on fire, someone will come watch you burn. And that's what we need right now. We need a few people that are on fire, that they have passion, that they've spent the time in the presence of God. And let me tell you something. If your heart's not hot, then get closer to the fire. Secondly, we prepare so we're mentally focused. This gives us determination. The Bible says that our minds are to be transformed by the renewing of them. We need to prepare mentally so that we have determination. So I want you to get it spiritually we prepare so we have passion. Mentally we prepare so we have determination. 
and physically we prepare so we have energy. See, all the passion and all the determination without energy is useless. And I get asked the question all the time, what would the older Gerald say to the younger Gerald? And here's what I found. The older Gerald would say to the younger Gerald, value the energy you have when you're young because you're going to wish that you had it when you're old. Paul put it this way. He said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16, he said, the outer man decays, but the inner man is renewed day by day. See, when you're young, you can depend on your physical strength, but when you're older, you depend on God's strength. And so whether you have natural energy or you have energy that you're deriving from God, here's the thing, you're going to need energy. So we prepare spiritually because we need passion. We prepare mentally because we need determination. And we prepare physically because we need energy. Now, all that sets us up for this. How do you spell prepared? There's a verse in Proverbs. It's one of those verses you just sort of look at and say, seriously, this is what you're bringing. But it says in Proverbs chapter 6, verses 6 through 8, Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise, which having no captain, overseer, or ruler, provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. Now, what is it saying? It says that the ant is always preparing. And it's saying that the ant doesn't need someone to tell it to prepare. So let me just give you the real obvious. If someone's having to tell you to be prepared, you are unprepared. You're not going to be prepared for anything. You're not going to be prepared in any way. But in here, he says, the ant is always preparing. It's always doing something because it knows it has to prepare for what's coming. It's gathering food. It's beginning to take that food and put it in strategic places, and it's always preparing. So how do we prepare? Let me give you the word prepared as an acronym. The P stands for pray with anticipation. Pray with anticipation. In John chapter 16 and verse 13, it says, when the spirit has come, he will guide you and he will show you things to come. I believe that one of the ways we prepare is that there are things we can know and there are things that we can't know. There are things that we know, and there are things that only God knows. But when I pray, what happens is things that I can't know that only God knows, God begins to show me that. Pray with anticipation. So when I invest in prayer, what I'm doing is I'm opening the possibility for God to show me things so that I'm prepared when those things begin to happen. So the P stands for prayer. You're never going to be prepared if you're not praying. No matter how much you think you know, you do not know enough. But God knows the things that you don't know and you need to know. The next thing is 
the R stands for read. You've got to read the winds. In Acts 27 and verse 13, I love this. It's a story about how Paul is a prisoner. He's being put on a ship. As he's being put on a ship, they're going to be going out. As they're going out on this particular ship, it says this. It says, when the winds blew softly, they thought they had obtained their desire. They didn't read the winds properly. They didn't read what was happening next because those of you that know the story, they're about to sell into what we would call today is a hurricane. And as a leader, can I tell you, there's three things you need to learn how to read. You need to read cycles. Cycles are events that reoccur every few years. So go back into the Old Testament and about Joseph. What did he say? There will be seven good years, and then there will be seven bad years. What was he preparing him for? A cycle of life. He said there are cycles where there's good, and there's cycles where there's not so good, and during good cycles, you prepare. Well, if you're in a position of leadership, you have to learn the cycles of whatever your leadership component is. Next are trends. And trends are beginnings of changes. This is what the Bible talks about. It says, first, the blade. It's just a little blade of a plant beginning to show up. And the blade of a plant begins to show up. And as it begins to show up, what do you begin to see? You see that something's growing. Something's going to change its environment around it. See, uh, trends are like this. When... Henry Ford was asked about what do people want? He said, if I were to ask people what they wanted, they would say they just want faster horses. But he saw a trend that there was a way to make a mechanical machine that could go faster than a horse. And so leaders not only understand cycles that happen periodically, but they see trends that are beginning to occur. And then there are seasons. Genesis 8:22. As long as this earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest. Leaders understand the seasons. They understand the strength of every season. They understand the implications of the seasons. They take advantage. See, in sports, they call it peak performance. But peak performance isn't a term that is used during the season. It's used during the off season. Because if you want to have peak performance during the season, you take advantage of the off season. And so leaders read the winds. They see cycles. They see trends. They see seasons. So the P, pray. The R, read. The E, evaluate evaluate everything. The Bible says in Proverbs 27, 23, be diligent to know the state of your flock. Attend to your herds. It's just constantly evaluate. Look at what is obvious and begin to break down the obvious. The P stands for plan. Plan like it all depends on you but pray like it all depends on God. 
we know Zechariah 4, 6 says this. It says, it's not by might nor by power, but by the spirit, saith the Lord. Every day I go into life wanting to give my best effort, but knowing that my best effort will be inadequate for most things. So I plan with my best effort, but I pray for God's power. So plan. The A stands for accept, accept responsibility. One of the things that if you're going to prepare is that you accept the responsibility. Are you responsible? Can you get up every day and do things that you need to do, not because you want to do them, but because you need to do them? I've said it so many times. Discipline is the gift that a leader gives themselves. Deadlines are what people give you when you lack discipline. Discipline isn't an emotion that you feel. Discipline is a decision that you make. You accept responsibility. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you. I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. You choose. Accept responsibility. The R stands for read regularly. Reading allows you to experience what others have experienced without living in that experience. So I can literally go to the book, The American Slave, about Frederick Douglass, and I can get insight. I can go to Doris Kern's book, Leadership During Turbulent Times, and I can get insight. I can study the biography of Churchill and get insight. Read regularly. Paul asked at the very end of his life for the books why he was a reader. And E, enlarge your perspective. If all you're going to do is what you are doing today, then you don't need to do anything else. But every day God wants to do bigger. Whether it's Jabez's prayer Enlarge the habitation, enlarge our territory, whether it's stretch forth the cords of your tent and Isaiah, or it's Jesus saying, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. God is asking you to do something bigger than you know and greater than you imagine. So how do you spell prepare? You pray with anticipation, you read the winds, you evaluate everything, you plan like it all depends on you, but you pray like it all depends on God. You accept responsibility, you read regularly, and you enlarge your perspective. That's the forgotten key of leadership. I've never met an instinctive and intuitive leader. I've never met one of them who wasn't in a position where they failed to prepare. What's instinctive and intuitive is preparation. It will make what you do seem supernatural, but it's really you doing the very natural. Thank you for joining me. Please go to my web 
webpage, JoeBrooksMinistries.com, and see all the opportunities to get involved in various events. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com.